Welcome to Emu Theaters. Please help keep your MP3 player clean by disposing of other podcasts in the appropriate receptacle. Concessions are available in the lobby. Please don't eat the emu. Please be courteous to others by refraining from talking during the map report. Enough people are talking already. Please silence your cell phones and pagers now. Your feature presentation will begin after the following song about Omaha. Left my home back in Omaha See if I can make it out in the world And I got as far as Wichita Suddenly I wasn't sure anymore Lost all my friends in Los Angeles I'm not welcome in New York But I must stop back in Omaha Where the fans, they always crying out Once again, welcome to Met Report number 40 July 26, 2006 Greetings, welcome And uh, what's going on everybody out there? We are it's in a pretty good mood. 40, I just want to say, before anything else, we Pretty now fun. have a work week. And I suggest that starting <laughs> next Monday, you all make the map report your work week. There's 40 shows, 40 hours. That's right. Just stick it in. Stick it in. You'll have the best work week of your life, guaranteed. That's Maybe not good. the most productive, but the best. <laughs> Story Clayton of the map report. Stick it in. That's what he wants you to do. <laughs> That's right. Uh, right. That's right. An hour on a Wednesday afternoon, that sounds exactly like my work week. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> 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 Just, uh, that's, that's pretty good. That's it. That's uh, all I've got. So who wants to say it? Who wants to make the announcement? To those There's no news. Have been living. Did something happened? No. Nothing no. happened. I, we just I don't know. woke Nothing up happened. another Wednesday. I guess, I guess I would put it this way. Members of the listening audience, we bring you the MEP report. Champion of the cast wars. That's right. I'm we Rick won. James, yep. bitch. We are the number one podcast in the podcast we, awards. Wars yeah, Rick and James, we won. bitch. We are. We uh, didn't get on the top ten list. We won. We were on the top of it. And that to say that we're excited emu. about the that, emu I mean, sword. The emu sword. For the first time in world history, the emu yeah. sword. And we are. So we, thank the, you. Yes. Thank that's you for the main helping thing we the emu sword because we couldn't have done it without you. Yeah. And I actually am going to sound like Greg tonight because thank you. <laughs> because you thank sword. you. Wow. Emu, thank this you. is what it takes. Emus, emus have never story flown like Greg. before, <laughs> but emus are now flying. They're yeah. flying emus in Australia. Next week. That's right. And Among story is absolutely right. We want defeated podcasts. We can't think. burned across. The, it's true. The I don't know about charred and burned. Like I like the podcast. <laughs> like when you win civilization, nope, when dead. you win the game civilization, and all the other faces of all the conquered civilizations that you've uh, strewn about in now. your conquest. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be so great if you okay. had like all the little logos and they were well, like, wait. I'll get you, Emer. I'll get you next time, Emer. Well, I don't know what you so think awesome. Cast Wars is. I literally had to go out and drive around the country beating up the people that broadcast from their homes in 7,000 <laughs> other locations. To be able I to mean, stop it's the only way, it. as far as I know. I would, would hide you... in the bushes, you know, in front of their front door and then jump on them and <laughs> box their ears. So that's why I haven't in heard of In an emu suit. 
We are very, yeah. but in all seriousness, we yeah, are very exactly. grateful to podcasters and non-podcasters alike for voting for us. We can't tell you how grateful and surprised we are, which is a good way to put it, I think. Humbled. I actually haven't spoken Odd. since I heard the news until just now. <laughs> That's true. It's like Please a vow of silence and for I my knuckles, stop again. <laughs> which are very bruised and sore. For beating up from other beating podcasters, the crap out of all the other podcasts. <laughs> I see, I see. Well, I'm glad that for oh, those dear. podcasters who weren't beaten up, which is everybody, um, that all of you, we really appreciate it. And we've found some more people. Like people have started saying really nice things about us over at the Pickle as well, with various reviews and stuff. And we're very grateful to all of them. And we want to thank them for uh, you know voting for us and doing all that stuff. And we hope to continue to bring you oh, the guys, same great comedy for another 40 you. episodes and more to come. Okay. End of I also life. do have their lunch money in case you need it. <laughs> oh, you were the one. <laughs> Can we finally buy an emo suit with that, please? <laughs> I know. Do seven thousand podcast lunch money. I've got like eighty-three hundred yeah. bucks. We're set. All right. Oh, that's true. One and that's not all. Custom made. And we're in show number forty, so we're at, we're actually finishing up. This is what is this story then? This is our this is four to four to five o'clock on Friday. That's that's when people should be listening to this final. Uh, this is like of the work week. The spring equinox of the MEP year. Oh, yeah, that's true. Exactly. It took me a second. I'd already forgotten what I had said about the work week. But yes, you're almost going home, people. If you're listening to this, you're almost going home, except all the people who just tuned in and don't know about the great idea of the map work week. The map week. That's right. So they're like, Whoa? Okay, yeah, can we so. get off ourselves and yes, on something do that. interesting now? A couple things I wanted to mention. Sure. I can't move. Uh, a recent headline. That is that says that China is now accusing the Dalai Lama of collaborating with the CIA, and I just had this image of the Dalai Lama and this in a CIA meeting room and how that would go. And how now, would it go? Spiritual leader of Tibet and many of its people. Um, what can you tell us about the inner workings of first? I must meditate and gain an understanding of the universe. Okay, when you're done with that, we'd like some names and numbers. Like how how would this work? I don't I don't I don't understand. Why would the Dalai Lama work with the CIA? Maybe he's their stress advisor or something. I mean, the CIA has got to be some of the most stressed out people, constantly underperforming, right. failing at their mission, designed for a Cold War that has long since passed, having no real purpose or Getting use, outflanked by the being NSA. bad at whatever they're assigned to. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's got to be a stressful uh, job. Unless they're tapping into in this, in which case they're really great and super effective. Worthless. Just keep that in mind. If oh, they don't even get to, us, to do that. That's all yeah, the NSA. Figure. Unless you're okay. tapping into our publicly promoted and widely available online podcast. In which well, case... That's probably what they do. are getting really good. They probably like, <laughs> found the website and downloaded the show and are like, Oh, guys, I found the line that we've been looking for. I finally cracked Secret the code. Secret inner research. You left we click go. over the text and then you hear them talking all the time <laughs> and they don't know it. They're communists. I'm going to be Sultan of the CIA. <laughs> Listen to what they say. They call George Bush a war criminal. They've made comments about how the United States is worse than Ghana. We need to stop them. And the Dalai Lama would be the interrogator. How would the Dalai Lama function as an interrogator? Can I ask that? The Dalai Lama would clearly just look at you, and in about four and a half minutes, you'd spill everything. <laughs> because he's the Dalai Lama. And sort of hum. Occasionally hum to himself, but mostly just look at you. Awesome. And then at a certain point, you'd just be compelled by the awesomeness of his presence. <laughs> Just most like, effective interrogator yeah, we ever had. Okay, it's the Dalai Lama. It's like, at, at, at a certain point, maybe after like five or ten minutes, if that didn't work, he'd be like, okay, if you're not going to tell me, who are you going to tell? You yeah, it's called, 
It's called Chinese Watercourse Way Torture. <laughs> Tibetan Watercourse Way. Watercourse Way. I mean, a Taoist joke that I get and only I get. Okay, good. I sort of got it. Sort I got, got like it. 40% of it. So. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, hey, uh, so, Russ, did you okay, I, we got a voicemail, um, and I thought you might want to play that yeah. voicemail. I heard details about it. Do I have to? You know who it's oh, from. I'm excited. We all know I who think it's, it's important. From. It's Who's our 40th it show. Did it's Jeff kind of a milestone. Back, or is it from David? Is it no, David it's or Jeff? Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Oh, man. I know. It's, I heard it. Finally. Yeah, it's from Jeff. Is that it a is. death threat? I'm excited. I think he, he's come out of his meth shrine slash compound and now wants to call into the show again. So here we go. Does he still even like us? Okay. Well, we're about to find out. Let's find out. Hey, this is Jeff, and uh, just want to let you guys know I ordered 17 tote bags, one for each ant, and I'm expecting some return on my money since it was my idea to paste things, because I did. You guys are going to pay me, um, and also I want to be on the show, or I'm going to set myself on fire. Okay, bye. No, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. See, uh, that there is was not a death threat, threat, threat in I there. I am sorry. There is a death threat of sorts. <laughs> Did he just make a suicide threat? Okay. I'm not Other show? sharing it. In the fashion of Buddhist monks. So uh, like, this is so well on topic. Timed. It's that's crazy. Fantastic. I know. Yeah, that's great. That's excellent. I um uh, well. I, I think I see where the announcement about us selling merchandise has gone. But that's great. That's good. He's got a lot to carry. I, I, Our friend Jeff. Did he say sure. one for each ant? He has 17 ants and each will get an a ant report farm. t-shirt? I bet it's an ant sense. farm. I bet I he has a little ant farm, farm that he thinks is actually North Korea or something. And <laughs> what? We love you, Jeff. Um, so, Jeff, here's the thing. You've got... To write me and tell me, you know, that you want to be on the show and give me some contact information because I can't just will you. I'm not the Dalai Lama. I can't will you onto the show by knowing right. your presence or knowing who you are. All you do is leave voicemails. You don't leave your number. You don't leave your name. And that's fair because we'd probably play it and then right. you'd probably have your name and number uh, publicly available. So that's fine. That's fine, <laughs> Jeff. But you got to email me, story at mapreport.com. And we'll set up a time for you to come in, and we'd love to have you as a guest. But I wonder awesome. about this, though. Do you email first. Do you think that That's Jeff... That's how it works. I mean, I think at this point, it seems to me that... I wonder if, like... It sounds like Jeff basically builds up a series of episodes, listens to all of them, and then, you know, like, at once, you know, and then freaks out about it, and then immediately, like, you know, like, records his voicemail. Like, he's good for a voicemail about every 20 shows, is my guess. And He gets, he gets you know, a little excited. He gets a little excited. It builds up. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get any Do we have a story. lot of hang-up calls on the voicemail? Because I bet he calls and hangs up a lot. <laughs> That's a good point. I wonder if it saves those. I bet we get like a lot of... We're like, we're Jeff's ex-girlfriend. That's basically <laughs> what it is at this point. Done. <laughs> Jeff he with a girlfriend would be an interesting us. thought. That's all that goes on. Yeah, be an interesting yeah. thought. I could, he's probably just gets scared of the Sato voice at the voicemail. You know, and he picks up and it's just like, oh, welcome to the... He's like, ah! It just hangs up. And every time it's the same because he forgets. So every time he's just like equally scared every time he calls the voicemail and he hears He seems Sato's really voice. flustered every time he calls. He does. Like, it's the most important thing that he's done all month every time. Right, well, he's going to uh, set himself you know, that on level fire. level of importance. Do you not take this seriously? Pretty good. I mean, if he's, I mean that's a big deal. We Come don't want on. a guy setting himself on fire. I, I, don't I don't want that on my conscience. I have seen the 17 tote bag orders, so he's just lying up and down. 
Where are these 17 tote bags, my friend? Well, he probably made That's them. That's right. Just differently. That's a slight exaggeration. They were handcrafted. We did. Oh, we did sell a tote bag, but... Maybe we yeah. should order tote bags from Jeff and then sell them on the website. It's true. Why doesn't Jeff have his own fan site for the MEP report? Like, if you, Jeff, if you really like us, you would put up, like, one of those unofficial guide to MEP report sites or something that has nothing to do with, like, uh, our official site, you know? I just have this horrible visual of this website being hastily set up, and it's just a big webcam of him setting himself on fire. And be like, <laughs> I told you, you bastards. No. <laughs> you fucking morons. Are we liable? This is what you get. I have a question. Is that a reasonable threat? Like, if there's something that we could reasonably do. Now, I can't reasonably do it because he hasn't emailed me. But if there was something that we could reasonably do, we just chose not to, and someone had made, like, a legitimate suicide threat, is there liability for that? Is there liability for the damage? It would be or a say great it's not promotion for the show. The trial would be awesome. Oh, great is right. Oh you can't get more great than that. Okay, suicide's a bad example because suicide's illegal. But how about he had said he's going to chop off his arm or something. He's going to chop it off below the elbow. And he did it. You know, that's not illegal. If you self-mutilation, not illegal. Are we liable? Could he then sue us for the pain and suffering of his arm? I mean, I don't think he'd win, but could he do it? You can sue for almost anything. It really doesn't take much at all. Did you see, by because the way, that... the point is you just lose. True. Did you see that Congress is suing the president? Can someone explain that to me? They're suing the president because he... Apparently, the president signed all these executive statements that sort of go around the laws that he's supposed to uphold. And so Specter has decided to drop a bill so that Congress can sue the president. This just sort of blew my mind. I guess the Supreme Court would clearly be the court where you sue the president if you're Congress, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, what's wrong with all three branches of government being hauled into a melee war against each other? And who's the jury of one's there? peers? You like, think isn't our it other governments? of the government is not going to be good? Nah, yeah, they would just gonna pass have to monopoly money back and forth. It wouldn't do anything. It'd be like, okay, a hundred quazillion million dollars to you. Okay, I give you half back to you, sir. I'll have some more to you. Good. We sued each other. Can we? Okay. Can we all at least agree to get a pay raise out of this? Everybody agree. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. But in the real money. Oh, well, of course, the real money. That's for us. <laughs> yeah. No. Right. Well, like, but that is the question, right? Is is you know. I don't even know how one would judge it, you know, because uh, what Story just said about the U.N., it's true. If you if you have a jury of one's peers, that means the United States is going to be, you know, that would go real well, right? I guess we would stack the jury with, like, Israel, the U.S. Virgin Islands. We would make Puerto Rico its own country quickly Tony Blair. and then put that. Tony We'd, Blair's family. Right, not even Great Britain, just Tony Blair by himself. And, uh, you know, that would not be a large Certainly not the actual country. No. no. They do not support us. Right. Tony Blair, though, big fan. But I mean, what oh, is the yeah. point of this? Why there was soon? actually there was a big row in the British press about when they taped the whole uh, Bush cursing conversation, right. where the British press's take on it was that basically Tony Blair's just a lapdog because he just has to sit there and listen to whatever Bush says and try to get his ideas in. And Bush is like, "No, we just gotta get Siri to stop doing this shit." Tony Blair's like, "But Mr. President, what about all these other proposals?" No, nah, shut up. Right. And that's basically the relationship between the two. Well, it's true. So the British press were like, "You're a wuss." Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. more. I mean, or less it accurate. is true. And he then Tony Blair, in his interview, was like. Yeah, what do you think the relationship is like between the United States and Great Britain? Do you really think we're equals? In the interview, he said that? He did. When they asked him about it, he's like, well, what do you think the relationship is like between these two countries? And they're like, He's oh, like, you think I'm a lapdog? dog? Listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Blair began to bark about? uncontrollably at a press conference today. I don't know. Fantastic. I actually, there's well, a guy I that I know. I don't think we should instate prime ministers. Sorry. Oh, ahead. no, I was just, I'm sorry. I was just going to say. say 
Oh, go ahead. No, no, after you, sir. I'm I'll wait till you start speaking again, and then I'll interrupt God. you again. I was just gonna say, if we were cards, yeah, I was if we were cards, if we kill three people. I was just go gonna ahead. say Please that, go and plus your starter, your starters would be all toasted and fried out. I know that's true. <laughs> I was gonna say that I know for a fact that we have a guy who listens to us who's from Great Britain who does Monty Python like a Monty Python like video cast. So I thought he would know something about what the British would do if Tony Blair started barking does like a dog. Does he do the lumberjack song? He does. <laughs> One oh, can God. only hope not. No, but I'd wonder what he oh, would God. think about that. Don't. Talk to me about that while I'm enjoying my air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> I want bad you to forever flashbacks. associate no! your air conditioning with that man. <laughs> your air conditioning is lumberjack and it's okay. Sleeps all oh, night and it cools all day. All day. Uh, oh, that's man. fantastic. You need maintenance. I'm going to get you to You'll chuck it out the, the window. to come into your house. He'll put on women's clothing and scare the crap out of you. House. He, okay. Yay. <laughs> that was terrible. Right. In your house. Spouse. Thank you. Don't growl. No, nothing rhymes. Nothing rhymes with house. Um, Don't even try. Yes. You've never read Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Do you, you guys know there's one word? <laughs> there's one word that does not there rhyme with any other that word in the English language. You guys know what the word is? Story might know. Orange. They claim that's it's it. orange. Orange. Because it was on Questions for God. Oh, I've that's right. I've a lot was. of interesting responses to that question. It was. Yeah, it's true. You stole that. I'm going to sue you. Oh. I want uh, Tony Blair and the Supreme Court. To no. And 17 tote bags. I don't even... They'll each have a tote bag and sit in them with an ant. What are we even talking about? <laughs> Not much. This is what Jeff <laughs> does. A whole heck of a lot. <laughs> this is what Jeff does oh, to people. Oh, goodness. Oh. Uh, does there's anyone... Uh, yeah. So... Uh, this week I I went on a date, but you know this, we, this has happened rough. before. <laughs> no, we, you I never go on dates. This. this is my With favorite. Another podcaster. How do you like that? Oh, oh Rebecca no. the podcastress. She this can podcast. Podcastress. Any shot you fire, <laughs> I've ever can done. get fired right back. And I've done some nerdy this things. This is great. I'll check your I audio levels, ready baby. To start singing the Star Wars theme to, like, announce that we'd won Cast Wars. Like, I'm not above that kind of stuff. <laughs> but this, going out with the fellow podcaster, I don't know. So, spill the beans. Um, what would it like? Do you I guys talk about EQ levels? It was pleasant. It, there was nothing catastrophic, uh, amazingly. Nothing and, says uh, hot date like the word pleasant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just, after all these horrible experiences, I, and I think rightfully so, like I've lowered my expectations to zero for anything going into it, because it's the only way that I, you know, that I'm not going to drive myself nuts. I can't build everything up. Oh my god, it's going to be the great, oh god, disaster. Oh, this one is, date my this cat. is different. This is all disaster. So, my cat is single. I think you're very weird. Yeah, that, that you just suggested I, that, yeah. I just, I mean, it, but the thing is that it was good, but since I already wasn't excited about it, because I've brainwashed myself to have very low expectations, it was, it was nice. It was like, oh, that I, my head is still attached to my body. That's great. Wow, that's good. There is nothing exciting beyond it being yeah. just nice. You want details? What do you want? You don't expect me. To, here's my no, story. No, of course when I don't I want date, details. Nice. Russ. What's I your never problem? Want you have a problem details. with that story? <laughs> that is not worthy of the MEP report. For me to be like, I went on a date. It was good. What do you got? <laughs> You're like, well, I ate guacamole chips. Exactly. There you go. Um, <laughs> I watched TV today. <laughs> yeah. I pasted the CD this to is what my the show shirt. Is. We can't start doing other things now it's too late we've already won the whole world of competition now we just have to say i went on a date it was nice yeah the thing about this girl was that you guys know this i'm not a picture person i do not carry pictures right. in my wallet 
I do not have pictures displayed in my apartment of people in my life. You paste into your shirt? I do not. Superman in your life? Come on. That's true. Yeah, exactly. I don't give out pictures of myself or relatives to other people. I don't do any of these things. Okay. And so it was not a surprise that upon starting dating on the internet that pictures were going to you know, really screw me over because right. I'm like, I already don't like pictures and now pictures are all I have to go on to know whether I actually want to go out with this person. So clearly every picture that I've seen of every person on the internet has been completely wrong. However, in this case, in the first eight cases, it was all like, oh, that's depressing. But in, the, in this final ninth case, it was like better than the picture. Really? Is that possible? Oh, Better wow. looking than the picture? Very nice. So, yeah, and I guess that shouldn't have surprised me because I think that all pictures of me are horrible, except for my driver's license picture, which is the best picture that exists, which, of course, <laughs> is the opposite of <laughs> every person fitting. on the face That's of the true. earth. That's true. It totally Because fits. I live in the bizarro world of pictures, where everything for me that makes pictures doesn't make sense. So wait, people, so, th- so. so this person is actually hotter than her picture, and, and it was only a pleasant yes. date? Yes. There wasn't more than that? She it wasn't was like... better, looking, better looking than the picture that I'd already agreed to go out with. So right. that, that's obviously good. <laughs> the picture you'd agreed to go and... out with. I will go out with this 8x10 right, glossy. <laughs> Guess I'll look at you in person. You know, that very compelling silence looking at me, just like the Dalai Lama. In person, you're a little I've flat. I've that I can date this you. This conversation's a little uh, flat in person. I just, you're so black and white. No, pardon. but it's... Uh, pictures are Very nicely framed, though. I oh, oh. I That's think in a shot. past life, I was one of those tribesmen who believed that pictures stole your soul away. And so <laughs> now I'm just a person that really that awesome. hates pictures. That's probably what it is. But yeah, we went out. It was just, you know, it was basic lunch. There was very few things that could go wrong. It was lunch, so again, the lowered expectations. You're not like, I'm going for our first date. We're going to go to Buenos Aires and get married. How does that sound? Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Any expectations there? So it's lunch. We went for sushi, which we both love, which is, it's hard to really have a bad time while you're eating your favorite food in the world. Right. I think. So that was good. Nothing wrong with that. And it was pleasant. Unless you ate the poisonous good. blowfish. Yeah, that, that, that yeah, was yeah, the Simpsons. Bad. That brings a streaking to the end. Uh, yeah. Oh, fugu fish. So, so and, uh, is there any follow-up plans? I mean, are you like, this is great, yeah, we should have sushi yeah, again? We're going out again. All right. We're oh, going my God. Woo! A musical. Day. That's right. So here's the thing about this one. This one, and I'll even pimp her podcast for no reason. She hosts the Electric Effect podcast, which displays new talent uh, in L.A., new bands. And I'm so glad you finished up with new bands. Because you're just like, displays new she's talent. Porno show. Yeah, no, exactly, it's porno. electric effect. It's all porno. <laughs> it's mostly goat, some <laughs> grizzly bear porno. About a, a quarter grizzly bear, because it's just hard to control Rawr. that. It's just a bad But they're very talented people involved in this industry. And I really think that, you know, this I might actually learn about this thing called music from this, from this girl. There's a very good chance That's that... Good. I will learn things about music that I don't know anything about. That's awesome. I'm kind of retarded comes to music, and so this will be good. Eh, at least, you know, got to learn something, grow a little, eat some sushi. I don't know. I thought it can't be a bad thing. Wow. There's nothing bad there. This is a very momentous thing because it's like nice. there's no disappoint. I mean, exceeding the expectations. No, see? You know, that's good. I've basically lobotomized myself emotionally. There is no more... Oh my God! It's gonna be the love of what? No, this is never gonna exist again. If it happens, great, and I'll just be happily surprised. But it's never gonna be. I'm expecting this because right. there's there's no room to expect this and have sanity. Yeah. I would like to have one of those. Sanity is more important to me than my cat than is very thing. disappointed. You're, going I, on a you're date. freaking me out. Yeah, yeah, really well, what is with the single? How many cat bestiality references can we fit in I mean, here? Really, seriously, freaking emu show. <laughs> just dating. I didn't say porn. anything about sex. 
She just wants to date. She's casual. Build up slowly. Cats are very casual. That's true. That is true. I couldn't imagine a more casual animal. <laughs> Seriously, can you really imagine a cat being that interested? Being like gung ho. No. The cat should actually be your mentor in your new approach Not to dating. Unless I fantastic. rolled around in Pandora catnip can... before I went out to meet her. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're a dancing bird <laughs> on a <laughs> string, even like that'd catnip. be one thing, you know. Then she would be attached to my yeah. leg. <laughs> There you go. Like so that's many J dates before. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, that's my yeah. story. Wow, that's and good. I'm sticking to it. Good stuff. Fantastic. So Speaking of my cat, newsy. We started. Uh, we started walking her. We started uh, putting her. In, we bought her a little. You're walking little your cat. cat. Harness, and we're walking our cat out in the yard. We haven't gone on the street yet. Okay. Them, I, I need to ask you questions to know if you've officially become an insane cat person. Do you, Mr. Clayton, own any? I am married. So cat, no. Cat-sized clothing. Did you purchase any clothing no. for your cat? <laughs> no. Any... I even declined the option to make a cat shirt for the MEP report. We do not sell any cat-related clothing. So, no. That's a mistake. We could bring in cat people into our whole, our little mixer. Okay. The cat sweater. Yes, yes. Then we could get more you... calls like Jeff every week. By any chance in your apartment have a, a cat scratch post village or small <laughs> township with various animate buildings that are all cat no, scratch posts. We and, have uh, we have a basic tools. cat scratch post and we had a village. It took a village. Emily's family was very nice. They bought us a village and it quickly became urine land. Oh. It became the land of, of waste and, and and feces. And that was I no good. I have this image. So we we oh, no, that was the village. I have this image of people walking into right. the room, they're like away, they come back and there's Pandora like back up against the area, like smoking a cig with like, you know, feces and urine, being like, you know, down in jungle land or something like that. Like I can yeah, totally exactly. see her getting down with the ghetto It self. was it was good. basically like where I work. I work in the middle of the town. <laughs> line like the worst neighborhood in San Francisco. <laughs> it was basically like that. And people would be attracted to it. They'd be like, oh, Cat Village, how can you... Uh, uh. Oh, <laughs> is it always like? Oh. Do you have a bath? <laughs> <laughs> so you got rid of that. Okay. <laughs> Everybody did it. It was great. Yeah. So we finally dumped that when we moved. I see. But uh, that was good. So yes, we used to, but no longer. Next question. No longer cat scratch villages. How many jingly bells do you own? Zero jingly bells. No, she she doesn't really <laughs> like good. the bells now. These are signs of it mental is. health. It's true. I'm glad to hear I'm about these things. I'm not actually a cat person. It's true. <laughs> yes, just because I'm suggesting her as a date for you and we walk her and you bought a leash cat person yeah, why did you buy a leash? Bought a leash it's great well here's the thing she's been an indoor cat for like a, at least five years that we've had her and possibly much longer so you know she's eight eight or nine years old so we don't know when she was outside before that we bought her at the shelter so she's never really been outside and certainly you know not for long periods of time and she's very restless she runs around the house and our apartment's a much smaller apartment than we used to live in because emily and i are living by ourselves so we wanted her to have a chance to run around see the outside but we didn't want her to get freaked out and be on her own yes. or run away and not know what she was doing because she hasn't been outside in five years so we put her on a leash put her on a harness on a leash and she's actually quite cautious but still still a good idea to test i think out. it's more that she's quite humiliated because she's just like i'm in a leash uh oh god i'm in a oh this is worse uh, than urine woof. this is worse when uh. they took away urine town <laughs> do what would you expect would happen when you encounter other cats or dogs in these walks that you're likely to take yeah well uh, hopefully not dogs because dogs suck i don't like dogs. stop saying that and dogs I suck i love my but dog lilo and i want thank you to back off on the dog, see a dog again ever yeah bring it yeah exactly Freaking so leave my dog alone that? yeah but uh she, she has hissed at cats Boom. through 
through Windows, so I don't actually. She doesn't Online? really like other cats awesome. either. Windows XP. Oh Jesus. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> she is hissed cat. Smiley face. They have those little stupid Vista. head programs <laughs> on the little animated cats that crawl around your desktop. Like right. evil things. Well, I told take pictures of cats. I told you guys right that for years, um, my relatives in New Jersey had a cat called Muffin that I swore for about eight years was just a legend because we never saw the cat because for whatever reason it hated just the Wilsons, just my mom, dad, and me. That was the only group of people that it couldn't stand. Everything else, it was they it loves people and it it actually cured cancer on many people, but the Wilsons show up and it just vanishes in it. And I finally saw the cat in a very dramatic showdown at the OK Corral type moment when I was going to the bathroom and there it was sitting outside the door of this bedroom hissing at me. And then I finally knew that Muffin existed. But it was just legendary, so I wonder that Pandora isn't the same way. And then it morphed into a baked good. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then it lasted for, yeah, no, I, I okay. no made good. Muffin. So, yeah. Cruller. So, I hope that not be the case with Pandora. So, the Pandora is hissed at other cats. Do you know the muffin cat? The muffin cat. The muffin. Oh, huh? There um, we go. Uh, yes, yeah. so she hisses at other cats. When we actually picked her out of the shelter, she was, like, constantly getting in fights with the other cats. Which is why you picked her, because um, it fit your personality. She doesn't really like other cats. Well, we actually picked her from a newspaper ad. It was the second straight cat in my life that we picked from the newspaper ad. She was the picture cat, and we were like, oh, that cat's great. So we went and got her. And we stuck with her even though she was antisocial, ornery, and would later Dude, create urine town. <laughs> that's like getting a cat off of the Price is Right when Bob Barker holds them up. And they're like, adopt this pet, and yeah, then have it neutered. Exactly, and you're like, that that's one. Awesome. No, we're going to get that one. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that, that's yep. basically what we did. Yeah, and the last cat that my family, when I was living at home, got was the same thing. Although that one died shortly you know, after. I gotta say, secretly that suspected is it was diseased the whole time. Astonishingly, middle America of you. That's right. That is very standard American behavior that's of right. you. If we picked it out and we saw the picture in the paper, we bought it. Yep. Look at you. Yeah. You That's didn't true. have to find it That's in true. Lebanon somewhere. Advertising for wayward <laughs> cats. It's the one advertising you didn't have thing to that like works on me. Have the LaRouche group canvas you on the street and ask you to like kill some politician, but here, take this cat because we can't take care of it because we have no money. <laughs> wow. You guys know That's LaRouche? True. Yes. You know those crazy guys. Oh, I know all about this, yeah. I don't yeah. know about the taking a LaRouche cat, though. They're all I'm over just giving Berkeley. you an example. They're taking, they give you a cat? Well, they just, you know, they're not very responsible. So maybe they had a cat in the canvassing office that they never fed and tried to claw their eyes out, so they gave it away to someone they canvassed to try to turn into a zombie. You're making this I mean, up. Just yeah, that makes sense. It's all. And then there's a little Lyndon, <laughs> Lyndon LaRouche cat running around. You think it's a stray, and you start to pick it up, and then it talks to you about Lyndon LaRouche. You pick it up, and it's like, <laughs> vote me, vote me, vote me. I got 0.00005% last time. That's what they should do. They should make an Alice in Wonderland remake for the LaRouche store. It should be an allegory to LaRouche's campaign. I love this show. Cheshire Only cat. in the Met Report do you get I wish I knew more about them so I could make fun of them. Who, who the bleep votes for Lyndon LaRouche? That's <laughs> <laughs> its working title. Oh, thank you so much for associating those two groups because that works. They should become friends. <laughs> the romp, the people, and the LaRouche people are so meant for each other. That's a match, baby. <laughs> Uh, I just heard Pan- and Pandora is all yep. over it. Just heard Pandora she in the back. Agrees. I know, She's dude. Like, yes, that's why. Finally, Pandora is loud and proud. She's actually gotten a lot more restless and loud and whatever since we started taking her outside. That's a shock. So, She's like, bring me yeah. back out to the world. <laughs> must go back out to the world. Exactly. You mean there's more than that's this? <laughs> I saw the sun. For God's sake! <laughs> exactly. This scratching post is not sufficient. <laughs> Show me the sun. Blowing uh, her mind. Exactly. That's true. 
Screw you and yep. your kibble. I wish to see the great heavens above. That's actually when we went... Someday I dream of the yeah. great gate of the front yard. <laughs> I've only heard rumors and legends from firmament. other stray cats. <laughs> Show me this. The heavens. They tell me in the afterlife there is the land of asphalt. A strip of black that runs from one end of vision to the other. Is roamed by great monsters of danger. Make loud Unending noises. miles of cat litter box along the coastline. It's true, she wants to go. Our guest tonight is Pandora the Cat. No. Okay. I hear you're single. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> when we went camping a couple of weeks See? ago, we took um, Lilo with us. And Lilo has this thing where she doesn't, you know, obviously Lilo as a dog goes out constantly. But when she's inside, she's pretty calm inside and she doesn't get restless. But when we brought her outside, but in the tent, um, she was kind of, she didn't know what to make of it because kind of a large version of her crate or a very small version of our apartment. So she kind of didn't know what to make of it and she kind of walked around it, you know. And then she would, you know, lay down and, you know, we, we everybody went to sleep and she was sleeping. But periodically during the night she would wake up and start growling towards the outside of the tent. Now, Lilo doesn't make a lot of noise, but, you know, we're in the outdoors here and I, I used to think like, okay, is this the kind of thing where I should be nervous because she's tracking down serious danger or is this because this is the first time she's scented forest air and so she's decided to growl just for the hell of somebody peed there and camping many years ago oh, yeah. exactly and camping can be freaky enough like that anyway when you have been camping line. in a long exactly, time yeah and you get out there and you just don't know what's out there and every sound sounds are totally magnified and different and yeah it can be, mm. it can be interesting i don't know i kind of love you it have your dog Growling creepily. I, I mean, I love it too, but it can it can kind of freak you out too. Yeah, at the same it's a little freaky. I like it. Last time we went camping last year, we got. I want to wrestle It was mostly Emily, cubs. but Emily was freaked out enough that got me freaked out. <laughs> did you bring Did you right. Did you bring Pandora the cat True. on your camping trip? No, we did not bring Pandora. No, we have, would. Pandora starts making these horrible noises of death anytime we put her in her carrier just to go to the vet or go to the boarding place, which she loves the boarding place, and they always report back that she has a wonderful time there, but anything transition, any movement she doesn't have control over, she hates. So, <laughs> well, dude, you've been slowly shrinking be her so living great. space going from the blue house to your apartment, and now you're like, well, here's your new apartment. It's a box. <laughs> it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just to pretend, we're going to get, just to make it even worse, we're going to give you periodically, periodic glimpses of things which will blow your mind. We call it the front yard. And then we take it away again and put you in a box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. And then she can see the scariest <laughs> stuff ever. And be in a car. Ready? Front yard! Blow! Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you've successfully passed the apartment test. Now, the box of infinite wonderment. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready for the box of infinite wonderment. It makes noise. It's true. Hello. <laughs> It's totally true. It's like 2001 A Space Odyssey for this cat. <laughs> it's that scene, the end of the movie, where it's just the eyeball yeah. changing color. You you are the monolith story. You and Emily are the monolith. Follow me along. I know it. She is Dave. Pandora is Dave. Who's Hal? I believe and you'll find that very difficult car, without your fur, Pandora. Exactly. <laughs> and the car is a symphony by Richard Strauss. Uh, and that is the kindest description my car will ever receive. <laughs> <laughs> From here to eternity, it will never be <laughs> never be more complicated. We're actually going the opposite direction. Yeah. We're moving to a larger yeah. place, but in the meantime, we've got all of these moving boxes around. 
So our dog has decided to actually confine her movements. When she go when we go out now, she has a hard time getting down the front hall because everywhere she goes is potential death. On the right, towering bookcase of doom. On the left, horrifying moving box of apocalypse. In front of her, destructive duct tape. It sounds tape like a of, really bad crossfire intro. Yeah. <laughs> On the left. The apocalypse. <laughs> On the, the right. right. Towering inferno. <laughs> That's true. That's basically abandoned what they should have gone shelf. to. Yep. Debate. Is that show abandoned still on? Bookshelf. No, they can't. No, they, they canceled cancel that it. show. Thanks to John Stewart. John Stewart canceled personally canceled the show. Out each other. He blew it up. Thank by John Stewart. Yep. John Stewart hunted Crossfire. He went on. He's like, That's you guys great. are idiots. You're shills for both of your parties. You do useless things. You make us all dumber. And they're like, uh, I hate you. And then the next day, CNN's like, we're not going to be continuing Crossfire next year. Uh, this is unrelated to anything else that's ever happened. Exactly. This has nothing to do at right. all with the timing. That's awesome. Just, yeah. And it was he funny. He on the show. That's great. Like, be- you suck. Because and if you haven't seen this video, she, and said you, you should things that everyone had known for 16 years, but no one had said on the show. Right. Right. No, he was like, right. Did you guys know that you guys are to discourse... As a hacksaw is to peace talks. A hacksaw is to Jim Duggan. No. I thought that. you were going to say to Jim, to Jim Duggan, Duggan <laughs> but then that would be wrong. That would be a bad analogy, although it would be really entertaining. Hacksaw we're on like, the left. As a hacksaw hacksaw is to Jim, Jim Duggan. Duggan. <laughs> I love America. Ho! <laughs> he would fit right in. All right. Except he would be on it the right. It would really help very, me if very I much knew who on Jim the right. Were. He was a wrestler, uh, man. A lobotomized Appalachian wrestler who wielded a two-by-four. Absolutely. That's the best I can describe him. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Absolutely. That works. Wasn't he a former world champion, too? Was he, like... He was good. Sure. Everybody's a world champion. They stick around long enough, they put a belt on you. Good job, guy. You're a world champion wrestler. World champion. Just like the map report at Podcast Pickle. (laughs) Are you saying that we're the hacksaw Jim Duggan of podcasts? That's a little distressing. This is our first. We still get I to mean, retire and get the Intercontinental Podcast <laughs> Championship, which is going to be awesome. Good reference. I like that. <laughs> it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, well, come here, DiggerCast. When you see the Intercontinental belt <laughs> draped around the map report shoulders, you're going to think again when you try to podcast on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. <laughs> Something. What you going to do when the yeah, 44 kilohertz of bandwidth comes down on you? Ah. When it comes crashing down. Awesome. Da, da, da. Sorry, there's a wrestling reference. That was really the greatest theme song that ever. That was a great Paul theme Kogan, song. Hulk Hogan, definitely my favorite guy when I was six and seven years old. He was, he was tremendous. The thing that was great about him was he, boot. he only really had one move, which was the leg drop move. And it always involved, like, mm-hmm. everyone beat the crap out of Hulk Hogan for, like, three hours. And then just as he was about to, like, you know, they tried to pin him. Then he would come back to life, throw the guy against the rope, and then do the leg drop. And the guy, regardless of how strong he'd been before that, immediately had all of his he-, he was destroyed every time. He's just like, the leg drop! Oh. Well, yeah. There's a reason why that's so enticing for a seven-year-old. It's the same reason we love Voltron. It's like, you don't want Voltron to come up with crafty ways to kill a robeast. He's like... Fight, 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 and then form Blazing Sword, and then you know it's about to end. So Hulk Hogan knew the formula. He's like, we need predictable drama, so I'm going to get beat up, and then the crowd is going to revive me, and I'm going to get all crazy, then I'm going to give the guy a big boot, and then the atomic leg drop, fight's over. And that's what you wanted. And then you expected it, and it happened every time. He never failed to deliver. And neither did He-Man, and neither did Voltron, and that's why these things were the best shows ever for eight-year-olds. Okay, it was a good week. That's, uh... Yeah. E-Man. That's good. That's pretty funny. I don't know how I can top that. Oh, gosh. All right. Breaking news. Seriously. No, seriously. Don't say anything. Stop. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Breaking news. Breaking news. 
Howard Dean, this is now number yeah. two on Yahoo Headlines. It just pulled up the webpage just for a second. Howard Dean calls the Iraqi prime minister an anti-Semite. Apparently, this is the second most important news story in the world. Howard Dean called... Would there be any way for him Israel to... bombing the yeah, UN. Right. Is that the first one? I hope that's the first one. Israel directly targets, strikes, and obliterates four UN peacekeepers yes. in a house that, is that the has number... a UN flag painted on its roof. Yes. That is the number that one story. Well, one, I mean, okay. Iraq bombing Lebanon is basically they the number one story. They were also anti-Semites. So, yeah. Those four guys were very anti-Semitic. Yeah. And they said... Right. The number, they... the number two story is anyone <laughs> who objects to Israel in any way labeled anti-Semite. Number one, Israel blows up world body. Number no. two... And Those UN guys Israel only saw Schindler's List like a couple times, <laughs> and they didn't write any favorable letters to Steven Spielberg, so they had to oh, take it. Oh boy, they had to get bombed. I'll tell you what, it's pretty hard to take, and it amazes me as I look at some of the descriptions that 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 there's been this sort of. I mean, I felt very much sort of following this whole business over the last week and a half or two weeks. Felt very much in Story's position. I mean, not that I was that far from Story's position ever about the pacifist thing anyway, but certainly was, you know, 100% on board with him in watching this stuff where I was just like, yes, clearly this has done a lot of good in reducing the, the ability of Hezbollah to function. I mean, I can clearly see how now Israel is more safe from terrorism now that it has a southern oh, yeah. de devastated Lebanon, a worse standing if possible in the Middle East, and you know an incredibly angry Muslim populace. Good job. That that clearly has improved things in the Middle East for you. Well done. Uh, I mean, Israel had watched the United States actually eclipse it in hatred in the Middle East. It had actually been surpassed, and I don't think it could stand for that anymore. I was like, stop. It could only WTF. go so long being number two. Yep. It was like number two. No. So we need to go recruit some more enemies. How do you do that? Kill people. Yeah. Okay, now we've got some enemies. Absolutely. Good. Now we're now we're all set. Yeah. You know, and certainly nothing. You know, no credit or plaudits to Hezbollah or Al Qaeda or anybody else. They're all obviously also just as awful. Everybody's awful. Well, yeah, I mean, I everybody's everybody, awful. But, you know, well, that's the argument, it's though. Just like, the argument is, I mean, everybody, you know, I love the peace talks thing too. They all go to peace talks in Rome. They sit in a posh hotel and they're like. This is hard. <laughs> Let's go kill civilians. I, I mean, what, the, what is yeah, that? I know. Like, we talked for two days. We ate nice food. We met Kofi Annan. Uh, this is hard. I was actually going to ask Russ about that. Anymore. Russ, Let's go kill civilians. were you horrified that the Italians are now becoming the peace arbiters of the world after what they did to Zinedine Zidane? I'm, I'm, I would think you'd be horrified that Italy oh, is now number one on the peace stage. Well, this is proof that violence uh, absolutely works towards peace. Yep. Yeah, constructive violence. <laughs> Number one, yeah. Appropriate proportional oh, violence God. absolutely works. Zinedine Zidane proves the But point. you know what's so sad about it, though? <laughs> I actually went on to, there's a podcast um, called uh, Israelisms, which is fairly well known, and they had a comment section. And I went on, and I was looking at some of the comments, and it was really sad because these are people who are generally very rational. Mo they tend to be sort of very, pretty far left in the social end of the spectrum. And then Israel comes to the equation, and the whole thing goes to pot. And you're just like, how can you possibly think this is accurate? The response is like, well, why are you saying, you, you're, what do you mean it's not? So you hate Israel, and you'd prefer the terrorists to win. I, I just said I think that Israel shouldn't react this way. So what you're saying is we should destroy Israel. Uh, no, I just said you shouldn't bomb people out of existence. So you're saying we should allow rockets to kill I us. Mean, it's like they don't, there's no, where's the, where did the rationality go? It just vanished. I, I understand the point of view. I mean, there really isn't any solution that any of us can come up with that makes any sense because but this isn't it right israel <laughs> oh no of course not i mean this is horrible what's going on is absolutely horrible but 
I mean, within the context of like what any first world nation would do in response to terrorist groups who claim they have no reason to exist, it's pretty much exactly what any country would do faced with this. The problem is that Israel's never faced, you know, they've never had any support from Europe. So, of course, if France had terrorists who did the same thing, France would expunge them or take the war wherever it needs to go. And same with Spain and same with England and same with America. We would all do the same exact thing. I mean, the problem is that nobody wants to be involved. I don't think the U.S. has done that every time. Heaven forbid I defend the U.S. I was like, what the hell's going on? What have you done the story? When... Uh, when the USS Cole was attacked, they didn't invade Yemen and destroy the entirety of Yemen or destroy an entire swath of Yemen that's right. that might be harboring those people. That's right. Oh, that's they true. Were just but like, then that's okay, the same thing as saying this is, this is the first time that Hezbollah has attacked Israel, and so this is their response. No, this has happened a hundred million times. You know, when you have an enemy that, that that's that clearly, you know, doing what they're doing and they're not going to stop, then yeah, all the countries would react the same way. But see, I guess the argument is that uh, because I did hear that argument, which is, well, there are no good alternatives and you, they, you know, people would say, well, you don't have any alternatives either. And my response to that was always like, if you don't have any alternatives that are reasonable, first of all, I think there probably is one, but you, it, it'll take a long time to develop. But even if there were no alternatives, that doesn't mean that you do the worst alternative. You know, there's no alternatives. So we might as well just go blow up civilians and hope that that's going to turn them against Hezbollah. I mean, that, it, it, no, like, well, we might as well just target the UN, you know, peacekeeper stations because, you know, it's better than just not doing anything. No, it's not, actually. It's worse, in fact. Yeah. Well, I don't think... I mean, I hope you guys aren't arguing that they intentionally are targeting the UN peacekeeping station. I actually heard... No, it. that's only what all the evidence points to. Well... That's only what absolutely everyone agrees with. I don't agree okay. with the story on that. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't mean, agree with the story on that. If we're going to have an argument about why why is Israel intentionally killing UN peacekeepers, then I don't think we're going to get very far, because that is... No, they're clearly I mean, not that's in the not realm the focus of reality. Of my argument, it's just an extra thing that's like this is really messed up. They're, they're, here's of course right. it is. No, the, who's going to argue that it isn't? But here's the argument, though. It's not. No, I'm it's just not saying. that the U. But I think it's a sign that the wheels have come off of the movement, right? Like, right. I think it's a yes. sign that. I mean, it's already a little weird when the most, you know, publicly peaceful ruler to get elected in Israel in ages is the one who's starting this whole conflict. When people like Sharon and Netanyahu actually showed much more restraint and didn't start this kind of war for a long time. And Sharon, who was initially very warlike, actually pulled back a lot. And then Olmert, who ran in this centrist peace party, yep. like suddenly starts this war. I think that's weird. And then when you have things like it looks very likely like that it was a deliberate targeting of the UN peacekeepers, even if it was just an errant pilot who did it, the attack itself was almost unquestionably deliberate. Okay, I'm not saying it was government policy, but it looks like the wheels are coming off. It looks yeah. like the people who have control of these situations in normal circumstances don't have the same kind of control or don't care as uh, well, much that's, as they that, would otherwise. What you just said, I think, is the real argument. What it proves is that somewhere the calculus has been made that disproportionate, you know, that military response, even if it involves a certain amount of civilian casualties, are okay. No longer it's we will avoid civilian casualties at all costs, and if something happens, we're going to be unbelievably upset, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now it's going to be we're going to make an omelet, and if a couple of eggs get broken in the process, oh well. And that, to me, is the danger sign that the wheels have come off because it is unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. Because that's the thing. These people are all acting like Israel needs to be – they're like, well, you know, the terrorists wouldn't have given us any help. I'm like, so, so you would like Israel to be on the level of Hezbollah? Your argument is at least we don't behead people in the streets? Congratulations. You're not, you know, Libya. You're not Syria. Way, way to go. I, like, I can't, I can't believe that that's the standard they would prefer to live up to. I mean, I actually do disagree somewhat with the idea that uh, killing civilians being okay is, is 
new concept. I don't think there's ever been a time in human history when people haven't been okay with killing civilians. The only difference is that now, in the last 10 to 20 years, it's become unpopular for the first time in world history. For the first time ever in the last 25 because years, they get to tell it hasn't been, That's true. That's true. It hasn't been acceptable to dehumanize the ever-living daylights out of other people, and you actually have some degree of rationality publicly accepted that people are people no matter where they are, that killing people for what their leaders who they had no control over did is kind of messed up, but now you just have spin on it instead of people just not seeing it. Now people see it and accept it, but they just spin it and they don't care anyway. And it's, you know, another reason why I sort of, in some ways, yearn for the time of dictators and warlords and kings, because at least they were all honest about what they well, were here doing. Here we go again. Russ is and right, now though. now we just have the exact same thing being done, except people now spin it and lie, instead of just being honest about, like, we don't care about those things. Because they don't I care. I still think... And the well... I don't know. Yeah. I still think that the ideal that's being established, having an ideal, which then you can continue to, because you're always going to fall short of the ideal. But at least if you have an ideal, which is don't kill civilians, and then you fall short of that, is better than who Harold, who the hell cares about civilians, and then you have you know mass rape and pillage. I mean, so I think that there is some you know mild improvement. I just in got a score. very quick visual of this kids in the hall skit where you have this guy who has a mental problem and he keeps repeating, so somebody says, don't stick that fork in your eye, and he's like, don't stick that fork in your eye, don't stick that fork in your eye, stick the fork in my eye, oh, <laughs> why did you tell me to do that? And he just gets it messed up. That's the Israeli repeating the wrong conflict. Role <laughs> Pretty much. That's the whole thing. Pretty much. That's the entire thing. That's the whole thing. Because no one understands that when you kill people, it increases the hate, and they just kill each other, and then they hate more, and then but they story, kill more. But story, 50 I mean, it's years like of no history in the Middle East. Enough to break the cycle. But 50 years of history in the Middle East has proven yeah. that if you kill people, violence... Oh. You mean 4 million years of... Yeah. No. I mean, you know... You guys just don't understand. Fine. They're just not so, effective enough at killing. If you kill all of the people yeah, that hate you, true. then right. there's no more that's killing. True. No, if you and I've heard a couple of things them on, off the face of the yeah. earth, like the Native yeah. Americans, then you don't have a don't problem laugh. with Native that's Americans anymore. Don't laugh. That's an argument anymore. that's been made, a legitimate argument exactly. that's been made. Oh, it, well, there have been a lot of reports on NPR and places like that where people, the scholars, the you know biggest scholars on the issue have all been like, no, it's definitely possible to wipe out Hezbollah from Lebanon. You have to commit a genocide of all the Lebanese, and then you'll be fine. Uh -huh. If you commit a genocide of all the Lebanese, you'll you'll do it. You'll accomplish it. You'll get every Hezbollah out of there. Yeah, but now then you, you get like Syrian Hezbollah and yeah, Iranian exactly. Hezbollah. You may make Al Qaeda the strongest thing ever because they're like they just committed genocide and nobody stopped it and everyone sponsored it. But there'll be nobody and, left you know, to get that angry might be a problem. because they'll committed genocide. But, oh well. Nobody will be left to be angry about right, it. Right. Exactly. There is that. Yes, if they kill 7 billion people, <laughs> no one will be angry with them. Hey, that is, is true. It, it's, it's there true. will be no one left. There's nobody they might left. be a little missed at themselves, though. <laughs> they might have a little guilt and remorse. 7 billion deaths are on our hands. Huh. Maybe we shouldn't have done that. And then they'll be mad at themselves, and even that will defeat the purpose. I'll tell you what. Yeah. That's I our mean, show. There, Tune in next <laughs> week when we're right. all dead. Oh gosh. There's no there's no winner here in the moral debate. I still think that it's yeah, slightly better. Course. I don't know if it's better enough to matter, but I think it's slightly better to be the responder to violence than being the initiator of violence. I disagree. I know you disagree, but I, I think it's equal. better. I think you thought of the idea second. Congratulations, you're doing the same shit. <laughs> But not you thought of the idea second. The time when you do it second is because, oh, my family is dead. Now I'm going to kill someone of theirs to show them that they shouldn't that do this. that will accomplish something. Right, because that will show them something other than hate and anger. 
I feel really angry right now. Let's have more anger. Because this is making me want to do good things. So if this spreads throughout the world, then good no, things No, it's like one of those circular things. More people can enjoy the suffering that I'm no, feeling. No, it's, it's story. It's one of those circular things. Like if you get I angry enough, get, you leave the anger state, out of and people. you go back to happiness. If you just get really unbelievably angry, you break through the anger barrier and right. you become happy. Yeah, it's Yeah, exactly. It's like going around. You become peaceful. I again. am more uniquely equipped at this moment to understand the pain and suffering that violence causes, so I want to spread it. I think I could get 90 sorry, out of 100 English speakers to agree with my position. Easily. Absolutely. And I just showed why it's totally stupid and irrational. Yeah, English speakers. What you got? 90 out of 100 of you. Huh? Yeah. Well, they You're would just stupid. say it's proportional, and then the they would say, well, Jeff. well, Story believes in God, and God's been doing this for thousands of years, if you believe any story that's ever been told about God. So then what do you do with right. that? You just have to throw it all in the toilet, because now God is, what God does, and his vengeance yeah. is also wrong. Yep, because I didn't uh, talk about how the Judeo-Christian God has nothing to do with the God that I believe in last week. Different yeah. kind of God. Hmm. It's a Pandora-esque type of God. Yeah. It could be story that the God you believe in is a God that you're walking on a leash. That all he does day. is institute free will. He's a floaty, smiley face that impregnates people with free will. And goes, you, do what you and like. And meaning, you, and morality. have fun. No, great things. encouragement. Encouragement, guidance, but no force. Encouragement and guidance. Guidance, guidance takes away a free moral. will, man. You can't give people guidance. Then you're shaping no. their destiny. suggest things. That's like saying that if I advise you to go on a date with someone, that's taking away it your is. free will. <laughs> it's not that taking away my lot. free will, but it's limiting my choices. Russ has had his free will taken away on part so of the many occasions. That's creating. It's true. There are lots of things that take away free will. I'll give you a great example. You get migraines, right? This yes, I do. It severely limits what you're able to do when you have these migraines, and therefore that state of your brain that causes the sickness takes away your free will. No, it doesn't. It just change it's sure a it fact does. that happens in my life. It doesn't right. take away my free the will more at all. Facts, I can do the more facts that happen that reduce your ability to have different choices limits your free will. If a fact that happened was you grew up in a box where you couldn't move around, that would limit your free will. That's an extreme example of migraines. Did you just say that living in a box no. is an extreme example of migraines? I just want to be clear that that's what you just said. Yeah, migraines are yeah. temporarily living in a box because you can't do anything, you can't function, you can't, you know, it limits what you can do and therefore it takes away your ability to have autonomy. I see. And there's nothing you can do about it. I don't see free will as, as on a sliding scale like that. I think free will is something you have, and there are things that change the amount of freedom you're able to exercise at a certain point, but it doesn't take away the fact that you have free will. Like, you still have well, absolute free will has no practical right? use. But then it has no, there's nothing that free will about? does. If you have no actual choices other than to think things in your head, but your actions are always going to go along one path because you can't ever change what's going to happen, then free will has no meaning. No, you can change things that are going to happen, but other people can change things and put you in a box, and that will give you less freedom, but you still have free will. You still have the ability to, you know, exercise whatever amount of that that you can. I'm not saying it doesn't limit your choices or limit your freedom, but that doesn't take away from the fact that we have God-given free will. How it does really doesn't the fact reduce... It do, living free, for 50 years in a box doesn't reduce the meaning of free will to nothing? It might. But you know what else might? No, I don't see why. I don't see why it would do. You that. know what else might reduce? Greg's free about will to put nothing? us in the box. 
of limiting the our time. The fact that we're going to go off on another According standard. to you, that's a mortal sin. <laughs> uh, what was right. the box from before? Yeah. The box of unending wonderment? What about that would be a better box? That would though. be a good box. The cat I'd box. Take that. Yeah, absolutely. That would not limit my freedom at all. <laughs> that no. box would be fantastic. No, that would be the, fantastic. The 2001 box would be better. Well, gentlemen. Because it's really a hotel right. room. Once again, with, an old with guy. both boxes and cats. And a chessboard. And other things. Stanley Kubrick. The only place you can listen We've to the map report is a box. That's true. You're either listening in your car, it's out of a radio box, a computer box, an iPod box. It's all a box, and we have more free will than anyone. That's true. And if you don't believe that, listen to the work <laughs> week of map report. <laughs> We're crazy. We want to thank everybody as always <laughs> for night, listening. Everybody. This is true. Thanks for thank listening. everybody for being uh, voting for some cast wars, and thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Say goodbye, everybody. The proceeding was a presentation of the Nepreport, hosted at www.nepreport.com. All rights reserved. In no way should any part of this show be construed as an invitation to buy, sell, or trade flightless birds, or reassemble Voltron, or at least not the stupid ones of ours. Please support the Nepreport by voting for the show at www.vitalpodcast.com, adding the show to your list of favorites at podcastpickle.com, and clicking on the Vote for Mep link on the Nepreport homepage to vote for us at podcastalley.com. Email us at Greg, Russ, Story, or Andy at mepreport.com, and call us and leave a voicemail or a fax at 206-600-MEP1. That's 206-600-6371. And finally, please join the fight to stop the senseless farming of emu glands. It's immoral, it's unethical, and frankly, it's just a little bit gross. Journey on from place to place. And if that's the case, then my life's a waste, cause there's nothing left to live for but tomorrow.